The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. I told Debbie just a few minutes ago, I said, if you want me to, I could sing a duet with you, uh, but it might not quite turn out well, and so we chose not to do that. I think there was wisdom in that decision, by the way. The uh, uh, book of Hebrews chapter, book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, neither is there any creature, by the way, that involves everyone, excludes no one, uh, neither is there any creature that is not uh, manifest, now watch this, manifest in his sight. Whose sight? Well, the Lord Jesus' sight, God's sight, the Bible says, uh, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom the Bible says we have to do. And so God has given us a wonderful, wonderful uh, safeguard in that. And so I want to speak this morning on our personal x-ray machine. Oftentimes, more now than years ago, uh, when I became the pastor at uh, Parkside Baptist Church close to uh, nine years ago or so, uh, you know, I, uh, I, 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 I pretty much did away with most of my domestic traveling. I still go to the Philippines and sometimes other countries. I'll be in India, of course, again this year and, uh, and helping to uh, start uh, independent Baptist churches and encouraging people to do likewise. And uh, also in the Philippines, I'll be doing a, a youth conference here pretty soon. I got Brother Bachman coming with me for that particular event. And, uh, and so I kept a, a lot of my overseas stuff, except for stuff that I had to farm out simply because it was just too much in pastoring. But al almost all my domestic traveling and preaching off uh, like I used to uh, in evangelism, I, 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 I decided not to do it anymore until the church got up averaging a certain number and then I would pick it up again. And, uh, but every so often now, uh, more so than not, I travel out on a Monday, Tuesday, I catch a red-eye flight out on a Monday and, uh, and I'll go preach somewhere on a Monday night somewhere in the country and uh, then I fly back Wednesday morning catching another red-eye flight early that way I can be in the office at uh, a good time to be able to get ready for the Wednesday night Bible study. And uh, uh, I'll go to the airport, and it never fails. You have to go through one of those machines. You know, you, uh, you know if you have a, uh, a global entry, of course, you don't have to take off your shoes, and it's a special uh, type of pass that you get, you know, because the FBI clears you, and, and so you don't have to take your shoes off or your belt off or anything like that. But, uh, but still, you got to go through that round machine. And, uh, and it's an examining machine, and they ask you to make sure that your pockets are empty and, and uh, make sure that uh, you have nothing, of course, uh, hidden anywhere, and you have to put your hands in the air and put your feet on, and some of you are familiar with this, put your feet in certain areas and the thing goes around like that, and it x-rays you. And then, uh, if, if all of a sudden something starts beeping off, stand up if you will, if something starts beeping off, uh, they have a twan uh, that's an x-ray twan, and they'll come over and they'll go like this, and like this, and like this, and like this, and like this, uh, just to see if you got something that um, shouldn't be there, thank you, uh, or uh, something that uh, maybe is uh, they're trying to catch, and, and stuff like that. And you say, well, preacher, doesn't that annoy you? Well, I'd, I'd rather uh, them do it to everybody and not leave anybody out uh, and catch the somebody that's trying to do the wrong. And so, no, does it uh, uh, annoy me? A absolutely not. I'd rather be one that's examined 
if you will, uh, and make sure that everybody gets the same type of examination than to sit beside the guy that has the bomb uh, that blows everything up and I'm the first one to go. Uh, you know, and so I want to speak this morning on my personal x-ray machine. Uh, here in the Bible, we see that there is no creature that is not made manifest in his sight. Uh, God uh, has an x-ray machine. By the way, somebody had to build those x-ray machines that's in the airport. Somebody has to turn them on. Somebody has to make sure that they're functioning correctly. Uh, somebody has to make sure that uh, they're well maintained in order to be able to do the job that they ought to do. Uh, and so it is uh, this morning that we'll speak on as we make reference to the Word of God. I want you to notice some things. Uh, over in Job chapter 13 and in verse 8, the Bible says, uh, Will ye accept his person? There's the question. Uh, will ye contend for God? All right, so he's saying now, will you, accept, will you accept him? Will you accept him? Oh, some people accept him as Savior, but they don't accept him to be able to guide them personally in their lives. Uh, Job chapter 13, verse 9, the Bible says, it is good that he so, should search you out. So it's a good thing. So statement number one, uh, it is good for God to search your hearts. When we come to church, if you will, and as the Bible is preached, and as the Bible is taught, here's what takes place. God, through his word, searches you out. It's like, stand again, and it's like uh, he takes the word of God, and uh, he comes, and he searches you out. He, oh, you're getting good at it, aren't you? And uh, he searches you out, if you will. And, uh, and so what he does is he takes that word of God to search you out, and all of a sudden something is not the way it should be. And, uh, and, and you'll hear the sweet Holy Spirit of God, click, 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 and, uh, and he'll just kind of uh, go back over that again. Click, 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 uh, stand again. And so the Bible is preached, and so... Uh, uh, we're going, and, uh, and so the Bible is preached, and the Word of God is used, if you would please, as uh, that x-ray machine, and it comes down, everything's fine, click, 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 oh, and so he'll come down again, click, 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 and it, so something's not right in this area, or maybe click, 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 something, I don't know, but uh, I, I'm saying this, now here's what we see, we see this, that uh, uh, it, it is good that the Bible searches out the heart. It is good that God does that, all right? Uh, don't ever get mad at God. All of a sudden, when you come to church, you say, but church ought to be a happy place. Oh, I agree, I agree. Uh, church ought to be a, a growing place. Oh, I agree with that. I certainly agree. Uh, but church ought to be a place where uh, you can leave feeling good about yourself. Oh, I agree. Most certainly do I agree. Uh, but church also ought to be a place where you allow God to work in your heart. A church ought to be a place where you can allow God to put you through his personal, yea, your personal x-ray machine to be able to show you the things that you need to work on. By the way, if you're not going to let God show you the things that you need to work on, then pray tell me this morning, who are you going to allow to show you? Uh, uh, the creator God that loves you so much, the creator God that gave his son for you, the creator God that cares about you so much, the creator God that puts down in the Bible how you can receive all the blessings of God, uh, the creator God that cares about you 
you so much that he gave you breath to breathe this morning and legs to walk with this morning and a tongue to talk with this morning and a brain to function this morning. Uh, the one that cares more about you than anybody else under heaven, if uh, you're not going to allow him to examine you, then who would you allow to examine you? I said, statement number one, it is good that God searches out the heart. I believe that the wise man will come to God and say, uh, God, I want you to search me out. I want you to find if there's anything in my life that displeases you. Oh, please point it out to me because I love you so much. I want to be able to please you. I love you so much. I want to be able to walk beside you. I love you so much. I don't want nothing to be out of kilter. I want everything to be in kilter so that I can please you even more. Statement number one, we see this, that it's good that God searches out the heart. Statement number two, God uses the word of God to search your heart. Uh, he doesn't use uh, uh, some type of magazine that you order from. Oh, no. He does not use some movie that you watch. No, no. Uh, he doesn't use, if you will, uh, that was some type of music uh, performance. He doesn't do that. What does he do? He always uses the Word of God. Now, the music performance might remind you of a verse that you heard. The movie that you watch might have an actor in there that's a Christian, and he quotes a portion of a verse that you heard. But it always goes back to the Word of God. Uh, and so, as we hear the Word of God, here's what the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. So the Bible teaches that the Word of God is that which He uses to be able to search out the heart. Oh, we have many, many people in our country that gives their opinion. And uh, and and the liberals will always say this well I just don't see it that way and what you ought to say to the liberal is I don't care how you see it if God says it that settles it whether you believe it or not you know, it, it, we're not supposed to take an opinion poll among those of us that are sinners and one sinner talking to another sinner saying, how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? Oh, my dear friend, it doesn't matter what you think about it. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. What matters is thus saith the word of God. Uh, uh, that's what matters. And so it was uh, D.L. Moody many years ago. He said this. He said the Bible, the Bible that's falling apart usually becomes uh, in ownership of the person who is not falling apart. Mm, that's pretty good. Gypsy Smith, a man came to him one day and he said, well, how do you believe the Bible's inspired? After all, he said, I go to church and I hear the Bible preached all the time and God does nothing for me when I hear the Bible preached. And uh, Gypsy Smith said this. He said, it's because not once in your life uh, did you allow the Bible uh, to go through you. You're going through the Bible but you've never allowed the Bible to go through you. You know, it's different. Uh, it's different when you uh, have a personal relationship with God and you say, God, here I am, search me, search me, search me. Uh, I want to be as close to you as I possibly can. I want to uh, be all in all. I want to be all in surrendered. And so, God, you put me underneath that magnifying glass. You put me underneath, if you will, that x-ray machine, and you show me exactly what you want me to do. I'm not supposed to live to please myself. I'm not supposed to live to please my friends. 
visa. I'm not supposed to live to please those that's in the neighborhood. I'm not supposed to be somebody that says, well, if it's uh, making me feel good, then I'll do it. Oh, we're not supposed to be in a feel-good religion, my friend. We're supposed to be in a relationship that's pure and simple before a holy father that is God ourselves, and we're supposed to walk before him and please him all the days of our life. And so uh, preaching sometimes does that, does it not? God uses the word of God, and he searches out the heart. You ever been in a service where all of a sudden the preacher gets up, and you didn't know him from Adam? He was one of our guest speakers, and, and he doesn't know you from uh, Adam. He doesn't know you from Eve, and so uh, what takes place is uh, he gets up to preach, and, and, and here's what you think. Oh, he must have talked to the preacher, and the preacher told him everything that I ever did. Doesn't have to. There's a Holy Ghost that cares for you. There's a Holy Spirit that cares for you. Here's what happens. Let me show you how it works. And so the uh, preacher gets up, and the preacher preaches the truth. Here it is. The preacher preaches the truth, and the Holy Spirit of God uh, gives personal application. Uh, that's why when all of a sudden the preacher preaches and you get mad at the preacher, what in the world are you thinking? He's not been living in your backyard. He's not been looking in your window. No. But you do have a living Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost wants to be personal with you. He, he tries to be personal with you. And so the preacher preaches a message, and, uh, and uh, the message goes out. Has nobody in mind, not trying to use the pulpit as, uh, and he's wrong if he does, use the pulpit as a whipping post. Uh, but uh, and some people get mad at the preacher and say, well, uh, when he preached, he must have had me in mind. No, uh, when he preached, God had you in mind. See, God takes the word of God and God makes it personal. Oh, uh, I think that you're lowering your guns on the wrong person. And you say, well, uh, preacher, he's upset with me. Oh, no, no. Uh, the preacher preaches the word of God. Let it fall where it may. And by the way, if a preacher is worth his salt, uh, he'll preach uh, the Bible the way it should be preached. And as he preaches the Bible, what happens is the person of the Holy Spirit, as we've studied the blessed Holy Spirit, on Wednesday night, you'll see that he makes it very, very personal. So it's good that God searches out your heart. Statement number two, I said God uses the word to search out the heart. Statement number three, uh, the word of God examines the mind. Examines the mind. You ever see some people... Um, they, uh, maybe they search to see if they have like a brain tumor or uh, something like that. But they'll lay them down on this uh, type of uh, uh, stretcher board, you know, and, they'll, uh, uh, and that stretcher board runs up into a cylinder. And, uh, and that cylinder has x-ray machines in it. And they don't run the whole body up because they're just trying to examine uh, the head. And, and so they'll run just the head part up into that cylinder. And uh, they examine to see if there's anything uh, that should not be there. And for some, it's good if they find something there. But they examine to see if there's anything that should not be there. And so they see uh, if there's something that is amiss or something that's not correct. All right, now wait a minute. The Word of God uh, 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 is uh, the thing that x-rays our mind. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, the Bible says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are, are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, here it is, think on these things. So God knows what we are thinking. Oh, you say, I hope my parents never find out what I'm thinking. Oh, you shouldn't try to try and think the wrong thing because God knows your thoughts. I believe this. I do. I believe that uh, most people, when going into sin, is premeditated. Somebody says, well, I'll tell you what, I fell into sin. Oh, I, I don't believe that happens most of the time. Most of the time, I think that they consider it. I think that they meditate on it. I think that they consider it over and over and meditating on it over and over and over again. Then they make a choice as to what they will do. Oh, the doctors say that the average mind will think over 10,000 thoughts a day. You ever do this? I, I've done this. You ever do this? You ever go to bed at night and you can't rest? Because your mind is so full. For those of you that live by schedule and you're an organized individual, have you ever done this? Have you ever gone to bed and you're thinking about the, the 3,001 things you have to do tomorrow? And, you, and then you're thinking about how you, and then you start to divide it out. How can I do this one thing? And then you start to formulate what you can do to make this one thing successful. And before you know it, you're looking at the clock, and now it's 11.30. And now it's 12.30. Now it's 1 o'clock in the morning. And it's like, well, I, I, I've, I've got to stop thinking about it. Yeah, that ever happened to you? It happens to me. Uh, uh, and, and so I, I'm saying this. I'm saying that, that the Word of God x-rays that which is the mind. Uh, by the way, I, I think that uh, uh, sometimes a person that goes under hypnosis or, or a person that does drugs or a person that does liquor or things of that nature, here's what they do. They put their mind in neutral whereby now the devil can climb into the driver's seat. Well, you don't want the devil climbing into the driver's seat. You want God in the driver's seat. So what do you do? You yield your mind. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, the Bible says, uh, he that thinketh in his heart, listen to it now, so is he. So as you think, you will become. We have to be careful what we think. Uh, you have to be careful that you think the right type of stuff. Had a friend of mine had a burden, and he, his burden was uh, uh, so big, and he tried to figure it all out. He, he used to ride with the Hell's Angels, and he got saved, and I didn't know him back in those days. He became my friend much later, and, uh, and uh, he and I was in Bible college together, and uh, he had a burden. He was going to go back to New York City, and, and uh, back in the day in the 1980s that was uh, rough living in Brooklyn, and you had the, the Crips, and you had the Bloods, and you had all sorts of gang uh, invasions that was taking place, and uh, many kids would run away to New York City because it was the city of lights, and uh, they uh, were rebellious against their parents. They would run away to New York City thinking they could find fame and fortune and glory, and, uh, and they'd go down to the Manhattan bus station as they would uh, get out, and, and, uh, but then they didn't know anybody, and so uh, they would go, many of them, to the telephone books and trying to find uh, places to stay and whatnot and uh, these uh, pimps and pushers that they 
were drug uh, lords, if you would. Uh, they would put these little uh, uh, business cards and these uh, pay phones back then. They, uh, back in the day, uh, uh, pay phones. Uh, okay, that's a machine that you put money in, and you would dial and, and pick it up. A pay phone. And so they put these uh, uh, business cards, and they'd put them in the pay phone area. And it said, uh, a free place to stay and a free meal. Uh, you'll find warmth and love in this place. And, and those pimps and pushers would put them on there. And my friend, he had such a burden uh, uh, to rescue these little kids. And so he'd go down, I'd go down with him uh, to the Manhattan bus station. And uh, we'd try and get these boys and girls to come into the International Home for Runaway Boys and Girls in New York and Brooklyn. And we'd try and rescue them before these drug lords got a hold of them. And, uh, and we'd try and uh, uh, get them there. And then uh, he would take it and try to run with it and try to love them and help them and lead them to Christ and get them back with their moms and dads and establish the way that they ought to go. Uh, but one day, my friend, one day, my friend, one day, my friend got discouraged. And oh, he used to use drugs many years ago. And he got discouraged. He went back out to the street and he found himself a needle and he put the needle in his veins and the needle had AIDS. Now, can I tell you, uh, you, you can take and believe that everything is going to be all right, but sometimes one wrong decision, can I tell you that affected him? Can I tell you that affected his wife? Affected his kids? Ruined his ministry? I, I'm saying this, I'm saying that you need to let the Word of God uh, examine your mind Make sure that you're on the right path of thinking because you can make a wrong decision. It might look good today, but tomorrow you wind up eating out of the same dish that you put it in. Well, I, I just, uh, somebody says, well, I just don't feel. Well, let's examine that feel. I said this. I said the word of God searches out the heart. I said the word of God is to search, uh, if you would please, God uses the word to search the heart. God searches out the heart, and God uses the word of God to search the heart. And uh, the word of God examines the mind, if you will. Uh, but notice this, if you will, as we talk about that heart further. Here it is. Uh, I read it a moment ago. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The Bible says, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Bob Jones Sr. said this. He said, behind every human tragedy is a slow process of evil, wicked thinking. Behind every human tragedy. First uh, Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 9, the Bible says, but thou, uh, Solomon, my son, he says, know that uh, the Lord uh, it says, of uh, uh, thy father, it says, uh, the God of thy father, it says, to serve with a perfect heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all the hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. Sir Francis Bacon said this. He said, you show me what a generation is thinking today, and I'll show you what a generation will be tomorrow. And so it has to come down to that which is the understanding of a mind and the understanding of the heart. Somebody put it this way. Thoughts produce an action. Actions produce a habit. Habits produce a lifestyle. Romans chapter 8 and verse 27, the Bible says, He that searcheth the hearts. Uh, don't let your heart lie to you. Oh, listen to it. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9, The heart is deceitful. Above all things, desperately wicked, listen to it now, who can know it? 
Uh, you ever see people that make a decision based on a feeling? Well, I don't feel loved. I don't feel accepted. I don't feel needed. I don't feel that God is working with me. Never make a decision based on a feeling. Why? Because your feelings, your heart is deceptive. Find yourself some Bible principles and walk therein. By the way, sometimes, you, you'll find this out, watch this. Sometimes you will enjoy going to church. Sometimes you will not enjoy going to church. Hey, fellas, sit up. That way I feel like you're listening to me. I know you're praying for me, but watch me. Here's what we understand. We understand this. We understand that sometimes those feelings will mislead us. Sometimes we'll follow those feelings the wrong way. And somebody would say this. Somebody would say, well, I, I just feel this. Be careful. Your feelings would be like this. It would be a roller coaster. When you make a decision, when you're down here, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a wrong decision. Never make a decision when you're on the bottom. Rather, make a decision when you got all your facts and you're on the top. It's always a better decision. Never make a decision in haste. Well, I just think I'm going to get a divorce because after all, I'm so mad. Wrong time to make a decision. Well, I just think that uh, uh, this is going wrong and that is going wrong. No, no. By the way, watch this. You're going to go through the bad times, good times, bad times, good. I've met very few people that live life this way. That's normally not normal. I like coffee. I do. I'm sorry. Some of you are against coffee, and I pity you. I like coffee. But there's been times where I've had a bad cup of coffee. I try to be polite. I try not to pour it out until they're not looking. But there's been times in my life where I've had just a bad, rotten cup of coffee. All right, now wait a minute, watch this if you will. But there's been times where I had good cups of coffee. Now I realize it's not the coffee's fault, and I realize that uh, it's just a bad cup of coffee, so no big deal. You ever come across somebody that uh, mm, mm, you don't want to get around them because you feel like they're bad for you? That doesn't mean they'll be bad for you all the days of their life. You remember Lot? Lot was over in the book of James, I do believe. And he was called Lot the Righteous. And why did God call him the righteous? Lot's life was like this, but more so like this. But God used him in a fashion that he might not ever use you, I hope. I'm saying this, I'm saying allow God to work in your life, but be careful not to make decisions based on your feelings. If I were you, I would not base on whether I get married or not to that individual just because, oh, I love them. Okay, then what do you love about them? Let's get down to the facts. Well, I love them because they're handsome. That'd change. Well, I love them because they're super intelligent. That may change. Well, I love them because they drive a nice car. They rust. 
you better go deeper on that before you make a decision. Here's what we understand. The Bible says over in Jeremiah chapter 17, listen to it, in verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Here it is again. Who can trust it? Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, it continues. The Lord searched the heart, and it says, I try the reins. So here's the question. Who's in charge of the reins of your heart? Who's pulling you? Which way are they pulling you? Are they pulling you closer to God? Are they pulling you farther away from God? Are they pull, pulling you to be uh, uh, the one that uh, would, uh, God would look down and say, I'm, I'm well pleased with this one? Are they pulling you in such a way that God would say, oh, they got a lot of work? Which way is the reins being pulled? Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. The heart is the seed of the emotions. So God says you're supposed to trust him with all your emotions, not yourself. The Bible says, lean not to thy own understanding. All thy ways acknowledge him. The Bible says, and he shall direct thy paths. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 23, the Bible says, uh, I am he which searcheth, listen to it now, the reins of the heart. The reins of the heart. If you have a pastor that's your shepherd, he cares about you, sometimes he'll preach a message on relationships and he'll say, be careful. Why does he do that? Uh, not because he's being nosy or mean, just because of the fact he cares who has the reins of your heart. Uh, you know, some jobs are tempting uh, that get you out of church. Who has your reins? Some TV shows and movies, uh, man, they've got so much uh, nudity in them. Who has your reins? Uh, some people that are your friends try to get you to do unclean things. Who has your reins? Some adults throw cold water on the fire that you have for God. Who has your reins? Some internet sites uh, has uh, mechanisms that tries to draw you the wrong way. Who has your reins? Uh, some even uh, uh, worldly novels that get you to think in the things that you ought never to begin to think as a Christian. Who has your reins? I'm saying this, uh, it's good that God uh, searches the heart. I'm saying God uses the word to search the heart. God uses the word to x-ray the mind, uses the word to x-ray the heart. Last thought, here it is. A wise person will run to God's x-ray machine to find out what's wrong. Okay, here we go. If I'm going out running, and all of a sudden I'm having trouble breathing, well, it might be because I'm out of shape. But if I stay with it long enough, and I'm in better shape, and I'm still having trouble breathing, there's an indication something might be wrong. Here comes a person to church, sitting under teaching and preaching, that's godly teaching, godly preaching, and just, they just keep making that same mistake over and over again, whatever it might be. That might be an indication that something's not right. Something is wrong, that they need additional help with. Uh, now, don't fight. I'm not going to go to the doctor's office and he said, now, Mike, you got cancer. Not, that, that's not true. But I, I'm not going to go to the doctor's office and say, uh, uh, the doctor tells me, you know, uh, you got cancer. Now, by the way, that's not true. I don't have cancer. Don't spread that one. And, and so, but I go to the doctor's office and, and, and he says, Michael, you got cancer. And I get in his face and say, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, he's an expert in that area. 
You'll never meet a greater expert in the area of trying to help you than God using his x-ray machine, which is the Bible. He loves you so much, he is willing to point out things in your life. He loves you so much, he's willing to help you. Oh, don't get mad at me. I told these two boys to set up, and they're being good. Uh, but yet some of you, you look at that and say, well, you ought not to tell somebody to sit up in church. But I love them enough to invest. So don't, don't, don't get mad at the preacher when he tries to help somebody to do better because we'd rather them do better than we would for them to languish and perish uh, in the direction that they're going. Here it is, I'm done. Uh, Psalm 139 in verse 23, the Bible says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Psalm 139, uh, uh, the latter, it talks about this. It says, and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. All right, so he says, uh, he calls out and he says, God, try my heart and search my heart. Now, how does that happen? Well, it happens through your personal walk with God. You begin to walk with God. And as you begin to walk with God, okay, here we go, here, here we go, stand up. Here we go, here we go. We're walking through the airport. Here it is, here it is. You know, he's walking through. One on one side, one on the other. Here he comes. He's walking through. He's got to put his hands up. He's got to stand. They go around him. You know, it's that zzzz zzz, that thing. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes out, and another guy comes over and just does the extra search. Another guy, another guy comes and does the extra search. Now, wait a minute. There needs to be many times you allow God to search you. Somebody says, well, I'll just stay home and read the Bible. I can get as much out of it as I need because I'm a spiritual giant. Not so. You need many times for the Bible to be delivered to you to search your heart. You can't become your own doctor. Go ahead. You say, I'm not feeling well. I'm, I'm going to become my own doctor. I'm going to look it up on the Internet. I've got this headache. It's a continual headache. I know there's got to be something wrong. So I'm going to Google it. And then you have 55,000 things to read through to find out why you've got this headache that lasts for five minutes every day. Come on. Wouldn't it be quicker, easier, go to the doctor and say, look, not feeling well. Got a headache, comes every day about this time, lasts for about five minutes. Can you help me? He might have to bring in another specialist because he can't figure it out. And that way they can share the... But bring in... And then bring in another... And then bring, okay, now wait a minute. Watch this if you would. But it would be better to find out than not find out. See, you need more than your Bible reading. Oh, I worry about these self-proclaimed genius Christians. Well, I'll just search it out. You know, it's just me and God. You know, just me and God. And you're going to read it a certain way because that's who you are. There's, there's going to be things that, uh, you know, but the doctor examines you differently than you examine yourself. Matter of fact, he can see things. I went to a doctor a couple uh, 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 years ago to have, uh, you know, where he examines your body. Physical. Yeah, that too. But, but every part of me, and he had me laying down, and, and he said, ooh, that doesn't look good. I said, what? He said, you have a spot on your back. 
that looks like it could be cancer. Oh, I said, okay. I said, do I need to come back? Oh, no, no, no. We take care of it right now. Right now? What are you going to do? I'm just going to cut it out. Right now? <laughs> you see how dead in a little bit? He said, it's not very big. It's only about the size of a dime. Dime? That's bigger than a bull. He said, just lay still. Don't get nervous. It'll be over before you know it. And he shot me in the back with some stuff to kill it. And then he shot me again because it was bigger. Than, I mean, it was, a, it was a dime. I mean, come on, folks. I could have died. <laughs> he shot me twice. And then, then he said, just lay still. You won't feel a thing. Well, I've already felt something. Thank you. He shot me twice, and he went in there, and I saw him. He went over, and he got this blade. That always looks bigger than what it is, you know, especially when you're laying there, and it's coming your way. So he got this blade. He came over, and he said, now, just lay still. It's not going to hurt. And then he went, no, he didn't. He did not. <laughs> he didn't. He went in there. It went like this, and he said, well, I think I got it all. I said, you think? He said, yeah, we got to send it off to see if it's benign or see if it's active cancer. And he said, I I'll let you know in about a week. So, I mean, a week is going by, and I'm thinking, it's been two days. He said, about, that means he'll be calling any day now. Third day, it's third day. Fourth day, it's fourth day. Fifth day, next day, office is closed, weekend. I'm thinking, man, what's he, you said, were you worried about it? I wasn't necessarily worried about it. It's just you like to know. I told my wife this. I said, honey, if I ever go into the hospital and they say your husband's got like five weeks to live, tell me because I want to plan it out. I might want to climb Mount Everest or something. Let me know. Now, I'm saying this. Here's what we understand. The Bible says here that uh, it says, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of righteous or the way of everlasting. So how do I know what the way of everlasting is? Bible, my reading myself. Sunday school, here we go. Just do it to you, just do it to you. Just, just one, here we go. So you read your Bible. Nothing, I mean, most of the time when we read our Bible, it's not like, well, God spoke to my heart and changed my heart. Sometimes he will because you're open, you're receptive, but most of the time, you don't find much. I still read your Bible because sometimes you will. You'll find something. Ding, ding. Okay. Go cut that out. And we take care. Wait a minute. But some, when you come to Sunday school, there it is again. There it is again. You come Sunday morning preaching, here it is again. Here it is again. You come back Sunday night preaching, here it is again. He's getting examined over and over and over. Comes back Wednesday night Bible teaching. Here it is again. You know what I find out? Serious Christians that want to really know who they are, how they can improve, come to more services than less. Why? Because they need this in their life. They need this in their life. By the way, I read my Bible every day. I'm in Esther right now reading through my Bible. I read my Bible every day. And to be honest with you, I, most of the time it's not God saying, boy, you really need to change this. There's been many times when I'm sitting underneath the preaching and a preacher goes, Rrr! and it's like, ooh, I'm going to check that out. 
That is so true. I think I need that in my life. You see it? Thank you. Be seated. So sometimes it's through a personal walk with God, Sunday school, preaching, maybe personal discipleship. We have, uh, I guess, 60 or 70 people that's gone through a personal discipleship training, 5 o'clock to 545. What is that? Somebody taking the Bible, sitting down with you, saying this is what the Bible teaches on this matter. You have the opportunity to ask questions, grows your faith by leaps and bounds. You walk out of there saying, man, now I know. Now I know. Sometimes there's a good friend that's spiritual enough to help you. I'm saying this, let the Bible examine you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, please. You hear Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.